Sally Hannah, she comes and gives us testimony on that. Hi, my name is Sally. For those that don't know me, um, the street preaching on Friday night was awesome. There was just a good atmosphere um, there. Everybody was excited, you know, to just be out there and tell people about Jesus. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was really exciting. You know, you see people like looking and they're trying to figure out, of course, like what's going on because they see a bunch of people on the side of the road holding signs and they're trying to drive, but they're trying to like see too, like what's going on. Um, and it was so encouraging to see, you know, like a, a lot of our um, Spanish uh new converts and stuff out there and they were excited and they were you know handing out flyers and stuff too and you know like there were people that were testifying in Spanish and English there was teens getting on the mic there were you know we we put the little kids on the mic too you know like uh Jamar he was doing all kinds of you know stuff just to kind of like draw attention but it was really like a good just atmosphere and excitement um out there and and being just unashamed, you know, for the Lord um, to be out there and just hold signs and, and just to tell people, you know, about the Lord and, and what's to come because, you know, we see all the signs, you know, like everything that's going on in the world and we, we know that the Lord's going to be coming back. So we want to tell, you know, our family and friends and strangers, you know, as many people as we can um, about the Lord so they have the opportunity, you know, to get right. So. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Hebrews 12, if you got your Bibles, Hebrews chapter uh, 12. Uh, amen. Before I get started this morning, let me say this is not a United States against the Republic of China sermon. It makes sense as I go. So uh, this is not that at all. But for illustration, at the end of World War I, the world signed a treaty called the Treaty of Van Sea. In this treaty, the Chinese felt that they got cheated uh, they felt that Japan got the spoils of war that they should have received. So feeling humiliated, as you read the material on that, feeling very humiliated in the eyes of the world, uh, China became a communist nation. Uh, and they had the mindset, listen, by all means necessary, uh, we will be the world power at one point. We will be the victor, not the victim at some point, and if you know anything about history, China uh, has been on that course, amen, to be the, uh, the world power since World War uh, I. But there's another area where the Chinese government on a world stage wants to be the victor as well, and that's the World uh, uh, Olympics. And I know this is not the Olympics time going on right now, but uh, uh, in 2008, the Olympics, at the Olympics, China finished second in gold medals ahead of Russia, but just four behind the United States of America. In 2012, uh, U.S. finished with uh, 46 gold, China with 39. 2016, uh, U.S. had 39 gold, and the uh, Chinese had 26 gold. In the 2020 uh, Olympics, uh, the U.S. had 39 gold, and the Chinese 38, uh, amen, just won away. And this really infuriated the Chinese if you look into the readings and the magazines and stuff. So desperate to become victors, they declared themselves winners uh, by claiming Hong Kong and Taiwan's medals, uh, bringing their count to 41. So on a world stage, they begin to say, listen, we really won uh, the gold in the Olympics because we claimed these lands. So the reason I mention this 
is because we as believers are competing on a world stage. So I kind of want you to think about you in the Olympics, uh, uh, in that arena anyway, as a Christian, as a believer, and we have an enemy competing against us. Our writer says, uh, uh, or he is concerned, let me put it this way, he is concerned about the mindset and the action of some believers as uh, the world is looking at Christianity on a world stage. I've I've been in Africa for eight years as a missionary. I've been to different countries, China, Russia, others, and preached the gospel. Everybody's looking at Christianity. They're wanting, they're wanting to know, is this the real thing? Is this the real deal? Uh, is Jesus Christ worth uh, giving your life to? Is He worth giving everything up for? Is He worth uh, what we preach? So on a world stage, uh, the world is watching Christianity. Uh, uh, can you say amen? And our, our writer's concerned about this. Read our text, Hebrews 12, verse 1. So therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, give us a powerful uh, a grace of God, a dominion of your Spirit here this morning. Breathe upon your people. Uh, Break every bondage, God, but I pray, help us run our race, God, with dominion, with authority, God, with endurance. Help us, God, as we proclaim you as our Lord and Savior, our life would match it. Uh, as the world watches, our neighbors watches, help us be a good testimony in these last days. And God's people would say, Amen. So I'm titling this sermon, Spiritual Olympians. Now, whether you look like one or you think you are, uh, I'm going to call you one this morning. Because on the world stage, amen, uh, Christians are, we're in a spiritual fight and a race, uh, so we're God's spiritual Olympians nonetheless. So because of this, the setting in our text, Paul uh, has just finished, think about this, Paul just finished chapter 11. In chapter 11 in Hebrews, he talks about all the people of faith and begins to name them, begins to say, listen, these were victors, man, they finished strong, victorious, and and he began to give details of that, and he goes straight into chapter 12. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, he's saying these that have went before us uh, in chapter 11, and others that have finished their race, that have completed the course, that got set for the race, uh, uh, somewhere in the clouds, amen, the heavens, uh, Paul's saying, or the writer here is saying, listen, uh, uh, they're watching us, cheering us on, hoping that, we will understand that we are in a, in a, in a, in a spiritual race at that level. We're in the uh, Olympians, uh, in this, in this, uh, the world is watching. And, and so we can understand that. We know how important it is that you and I do our best as Christians live for God. Listen, we're the only testimony that many will see. When you say Jesus is real, they base it off what they see in you. When we witness to people... Uh, when they see you run for Jesus, your decisions you make, uh, they're, they're saying, listen, I, I know Jesus is real because of them. I watch their life, their words, their lifestyle, uh, how they, how they uh, run for God, or they say, hey, listen, uh, I know Jesus ain't real because of that. That's what Paul's concerned about.
Paul is concerned about this, so, sh so should we be this morning. So let's look first at the mindset of the Olympian, the mindset of an Olympian. So we understand as believers, uh, amen, it's no amount of gold medals can cleanse us from our sin. So I'm not saying, hey, we are saved by what we do. I'm not saying that, but listen, uh, uh, but I am saying we are called to do our very best. First Peter 1, 18 Knowing that you are not redeemed by the corruptible things, such as silver and gold, uh, from the aimless conducts received by tradition from your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Peter is saying, listen, uh, we're saved by Jesus. Can you say amen? The blood that he shed, the price that he paid, uh, he went to the cross, he shed his blood. Uh, that's how we're saved. First John 1, 7. Uh, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Ephesians 1, uh, 7. In him we have redemption through the, his blood, the forgiveness of sin accordance to the riches of his grace. So uh, plain and simple, we're saved by the blood of Jesus, the price that he paid, uh, what he did. Uh, but, you know, that ought to push us along and encourage us uh, I'm going to be a good testimony. I'm going to do my very best uh, because Jesus did pay a high price. He gave his life, shed his blood. So I'm going to give everything I got. And that's uh, the whole push behind what Paul's talking about. Uh, or the writer said, because Jesus did everything for us, we should give everything up for him. You know, Christianity, if we're going to be victorious over sin and the demonic, uh, as our writer says, every sin uh, and weight that pulls us down, uh, we're going to have to have a certain mindset. You know, the Olympians uh, go into that race or fight, whatever they're doing, uh, with a certain mindset. Uh, and that's what Paul said we need as Christians. We need a mindset that says, listen, uh, I'm going to give it everything I got. What the writer's concerned about in the Christian life uh, is the nonchalant, low enthusiasm, no interest in really making an impact. He said, listen, lay aside every weight and every sin. Uh, in other words, uh, have the mindset of an Olympian. Uh, you know, an Olympian is not going to eat an ice cream cone right before 400 meter. You know, they're not going to be sitting on the side uh, just chilling out. No, they're going to be warming up. They're going to be practicing, running, uh, uh, doing all. They have a mindset that uh, even months and years before the Olympics even started, uh, they're giving it everything they got every morning in practice and uh, and contending with each other. Uh, there's a mindset that Christians have to have uh, if we're going to live for God. Because listen, uh, we're being watched. The world is watching how Christians live their life, uh, and it's like being in the Olympia, uh, uh, the Olympics, where I mean, the world's got cameras on Christianity today. They're watching, your neighbors are watching people, Walmart. Uh, they want to know, is Christianity real? Is Jesus really real enough to change your life, uh, change your lifestyle, and give it everything you got? Ephesians 2.10 says, For God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, uh, uh, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, uh, he's saying, listen, uh, uh, we, we're God's handiworks, uh, and we're created in We're to do our very best here. We're to do our very best as a Christian, do everything you can uh, to make the name of Jesus more real uh, and the kingdom of God further along. 
Matthew 25, you know the parable of the, the talents. Uh, Jesus gave talents to three men. This was bags of money back then. Uh, to one he gave five, to one, two, one, one. Uh, and the scripture tells us what they did with that and the outcome of that. But what we can't miss, uh, when Jesus gave them that money, the thought was, do your very best with this. Do everything you can to further the kingdom along, uh, make investments, take the risk, uh, whatever it takes, but move. And that's a picture of Christianity. As a Christian, we're to do everything we can uh, to advance the kingdom of God, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, uh, to make Jesus shine, uh, if you would. Amen. You know, when them Olympians run at the end, when they got the, the gold, whatever country they're representing, uh, they make a country shine. That gold medal, they've given it their all. That, that medal at the end is not just a, a gold medal that they wear or a bronze or silver, but it's speaking a message that, listen, uh, they gave it their very best, and they became the best. And they represent their country, and this is the, uh, as Christians, amen, we should do that as well. Our text says the first thing Christian Olympians need uh, to keep in mind is that we're being watched by a huge amount of people says we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses you know the olympics they say around four billion the average people that watch the olympics around the world so at any given time when the olympics are going uh, four billion people are focused in now i think that's a lot of people i mean four billion people uh watching these olympics in the world or in the world olympics the athlete depends uh if you ever seen this on the encouragement of each other, if you ever watch this, I mean, it's uh, their whole team is out there. That one's running. Maybe it's a relay, uh, and the other team. You can do a run, 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 run. Go push. Uh, I mean, the encouragement of each other is there, uh, and the same is in the church. It should be. Listen, you can live for God. You can do this, man. You can rise up in ministry. You can forsake. Uh, that and do something for God, the, the encouragement of the others uh, needs to be there. In our text, again, we're being watched. I'm not sure exactly all that entails, uh, but Paul said, listen, it's a cloud of witnesses. It's a whole cloud that fills the heavens, in other words. You know, the Greek word for cloud just gives us some more understanding. It refers to a mass of cloud banking up all around the sky. The implication is that uh, is that the spectators who watch us uh, live out our daily lives uh, are that the, they literally fill the skies. In other words, uh, the writer is saying, "Listen, uh, uh, he's given us the impression every believer that's went before us, every believer that's went to, into eternity uh, in heaven today, uh, somehow, uh, Amen, can watch every Christian living for God uh, and encouraging us." Man, don't quit. Don't sin. Uh, drop that weight to slowing you down. Uh, whatever's troubling you, let it go. Uh, run for Christ. That's the message here. You know, in 2008, a lady named Dora Torres, a nine times Olympic medal, uh, medal in swimming, at 41 years of age uh, and a mother of one, qualified on her fifth time swimming the 100 meter freestyle. 2.47 seconds faster than she did when she was 21 years old. You know, it's interesting to watch Christians today. It's like once they turn 30 or 40, old ages set in. 
I can't do it. And, you know, I'm just old, man. My, my bones, my aches, you know, my, my uh, you know, here she at 41 years old being her time at 21. You know, it's a mindset. You know, if you think you're old, you're old. You know, I, I, I've heard some guys, you know, they're 35, 40 men. They're talking like they're way over the hill. I'm like, come on, man. You're 30. You're 40. Come on, shake it off. You know, in the 2000 Olympics, uh, Britain alone had uh, 4.2 million cameras watching these Olympians. Most of these Olympians were put on camera 300 times a day. That shows us how much the world is watching you as a Christian. Amen. People are watching you more than you think, watching me more than I think. Uh, um, They're watching us when we don't know it. Uh, These people are caught on camera 300 times a day, uh, not when they knew that they were being watched, is that they were just being watched. You know, the crowd of witnesses in our text uh, are not there to scrutinize, but to cheer on. One commentary said this, uh, said of the crowd of witnesses, they are, uh, they are the athletes uh, that have already completed their event uh, and is eager to encourage us uh, uh, to complete ours now. And uh, hallelujah. There's a guy named Verdi, uh, the thing Verdi's his name. But it says, Verdi conducted his worst opera ever in Florence, Italy. You know, Italy's really into their op- operas, right? So anyway, this man, uh, I mean, all the big opera people, I don't know all the names, but they're watching this man. This is a big production, a big performance. Uh, so, but it was his worst ever. But he was encouraged when the crowd rose and gave him a standing ovation at uh, for his performance. Even some tossed flowers in his direction. It is said that he smiled and bowed before the crowd. Listen, as Christians, uh, amen, we should encourage people, even when they're on their worst day. Even when they're struggling, listen, you can make it. Uh, man, come to church, live for God. I'm not saying we're just patting each other on the back all the time, but listen, it's a struggle sometimes. And we know what to do, but even like Verdi, he's a talented uh, uh, you know, man, uh, uh, but listen, he had a bad day. Uh, so we got to be believers, amen, that can see that. Uh, listen, you know, stand up again, fight again, get, go for God again, amen. Don't just quit uh, and throw in the towel. Look, secondly, at the need for endurance here. Our text says, let us run with endurance or perseverance the race that is set or marked out for us. Let me read that one more time. Let us run with endurance or perseverance the race that God has uh, set out or marked out before us. So the idea of the Christian life has a race uh, 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 of a race gives us clarity and understanding. Uh, listen, we are in a race. We think many times we get all the time in the world, but that's not true. Amen. Time is closing in. Uh, uh, the, we're living the last days, I believe, with all my heart, uh, and we're in a race. We don't have all the time we may think we have. You know, the, transla- the word translated for us, race, uh, it's a Greek word by the name of agon, uh, which means contest. It's also the word uh, that we get the word agony from. In other words, what he's saying, most of our days are pretty good, but there's sometimes in life, uh, as a Christian, where it's challenging and even agonizing. Uh, Every day you wake up as a Christian is not just, all right, hallelujah, let me go run a 100-meter race. You know, sometimes it's just, 
getting out of bed, right? Uh, so the writer here is saying, listen, uh, he understands sometimes uh, being a Christian, people are persecuting, people are saying things, things aren't working right, you're being overlooked, uh, all these different things. But listen, uh, we have to agonize through that and still keep a testimony, live for God and do the will of God. You know, in the Detour France Championship race, it's known as the Trial 100. It's 100 miles of uh, excruciating, agonizing mountain bike racing. Some of the best racers in the world uh, are there racing, but it's the most difficult trail ever. Lance Armstrong finished one minute, 56 seconds behind the winner among uh, uh, whom Armstrong argued to go ahead and win. So anyway, uh, you read the complete story. They're in the race. Uh, Armstrong and his friend are there. They're going to win this. Uh, uh, they're minutes ahead of everybody else. But this is so agonizing, this ride. They're at the end. Uh, even though Armstrong can see it, uh, uh, the end, uh, he said he's, his legs are cramping. His body's shutting down. He is agonizing. I can't go another second. I can't pedal one more a stroke, and he's saying, come on, you can do this. Uh, get up, man, you are the champ of the world. Uh, and his friend pushed him, uh, uh, but Armstrong said, listen, uh, I know, listen, uh, I can't finish strong. You go ahead and win the race. You go ahead and go. Uh, but Armstrong didn't give up. Even as agonizing as it was, as difficult uh, as it was in strokes uh, on, that, on that bike, uh, he finished the race Christian Living the Christian life can get like that sometimes. Marriage, uh, ministry, family, different things can get agonizing at, at times. But listen, we keep going. We don't just give up throwing the towel full short, uh, but we keep going. The Christian, law, the, uh, the Christian life involves uh, hard-fought, agonizing challenges, which requires everything we have uh, to, to keep going. Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How did he come to that? He come to that because uh, everything in him wanted to say stop. Everything in him wanted to say throw in the towel, quit. Uh, it's not worth it. Uh, but he, in that moment, he found Christ was enough. Uh, we sing the song, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Jesus gave him the strength in that moment of agony and difficulty. Uh, and how many times have we been in that place where we say, God, we need you to help us. God, we need you to give us some strength here. Help us get over this hump, uh, heal. Uh, God, help our marriage. And, and somehow we made it. You know, spiritual Olympians understand the necessary of making progress in the Christian life. In our text, it said, and let us run. Now, no runner is satisfied with you. You start off and you finish the race uh, two feet before you started. I mean, you give me a runner things like that, and say, that guy needs to quit running. No, we give it our best because we understand, listen, progress. We need to make progress. We've been trained. Uh, people are believing in us. They've invested in us. Uh, we need to make progress, not only progress, but we're going to run as hard as we can, as fast as we can uh, to win the race, but we are going to make progress. It said, let us run. Uh, the writer's saying, listen, uh, don't be one of them Christians that just idle long or, or stand, but let's make progress. Let us run. Uh, amen. The race that God set before us, uh, we have to give ourselves to this. The phrase here, let us run, means speeding along or continuing to run. 
You know, the Christian life is a race uh, uh, that keeps you running and keeps you running and running and running. We can never say, God, I've ran hard enough, far enough, I'm laying it down for a while. It's not acceptable. 2008 Olympics, Michael Phelps swam the second half of his uh, 200-meter butterfly unable to see the, uh, the laying lines on the wall or the wall. He said he swam blind the whole second half of the race. And so the story goes as he's going, uh, his, his uh, goggles were faulty. They filled with water. He couldn't see the lines at the bottom of the pool or the wall. So all he can do is count the strokes. As he's uh, swimming, as he's doing, he's saying, uh, his, you know, the agony there, his eyes are burning. Uh, his goggles are filled with water. He can't see, but he knows, listen, uh, the world's watching. America's invested in me. Uh, I'm giving it my all. Uh, and, the, you know, as he's given it all, every stroke, he, I'm getting close. I know I'm close. All of a sudden, he wins the gold. But the story, the big story was, listen, uh, the second half of the race, he was swimming blind. It's like that sometimes. Amen. As Christians, we know what we need to do, uh, but sometimes, man, we can't see it. Our eyes are burning uh, spiritually. Our, you know, we just can't see what we want to see, but we keep doing the strokes anyway. Because the Christian life's about making progress. It's about moving forward. It's about doing your best uh, because Jesus did his best. He gave everything he had. Uh, why should we not? You know, the truth, the truth that we see in our text is the Christian life involves endurance. If you've ever ran, uh, I'm not a runner now, but I used to be, and endurance is a big part of it. Man, you got to push through and just uh, the agony and the pain. And Paul says, you know, we need to endure. It's not a sprint, but a marathon. Spiritual Olympians understand that the Christian life is something uh, you stick with and push through, uh, even in difficulty. Look at our text. It let us run with endurance or perseverance. Paul, he said, I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be hard. Uh, and no doubt, Paul's probably watching the Olympics go on right now as he's writing this. He's in Rome. Uh, he's probably writing what he's seeing. He's thinking, then this is the Christian life here. It's a, it's a race of endurance. You have to push yourself through. Uh, uh, amen. You have to persevere. So the word endure or persevere means patience, continuance. One, uh, it is used to define how we live through trials. James 1.3, knowing that the testings of our faith produces patience. You know, when you find yourself in that difficult uh, situation, uh, you know, somebody, man, what am I going to learn out of this? God's going to teach me something. God's going to show me something. I'm going to get a little better next time at this because when the trial's on, God's teaching us something too. Uh, uh, we are able to, uh, amen, endure affliction, uh, undeserved afflictions. 1 Peter 2.20. For what credit is it when you are beaten if it's, uh, uh, for your fault? If you take it patiently, but when you do it good and suffer, if you take it patiently, then it is commendable before God. So Paul said, listen, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we, we live in a good age where we're not beaten by cops today, okay? 
Uh, I've lived in countries and been in countries where that wasn't so. Uh, but we live in America where uh, we're not going to be beaten all the time. So, but this day and age, it was real. Uh, these authorities can beat you for whatever. Uh, and Paul saying, listen, if you're beat for uh, something you didn't do, uh, uh, you know, but, but if you're beaten for Christ, uh, listen, uh, and just keep going for God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out good at some point. So patient endurance is expressed through steadfast endurance uh steadfast is something i'm just going to keep going uh no matter how hard i got today no matter what's going on uh, i'm just going to keep going and i love to see christians like that because that's a real christian when somebody's going through it you know it but they're steadfast they're believing god they're living for god they're doing right uh, even though they're under the weight you know the christian life is lived out one man says uh, as a sustained effort and especially so when we're going through tough times. We continue to depend on God and push through when maybe our loved one dies or we lose a job or uh, uh, we lose a home. He begins to give other things. A uh, child makes bad decisions. But true Christianity is seen in these moments. He said when we endure, we, be, we emerge wiser, stronger in faith, more loving and kind, more at peace, gracious and understanding, uh, uh, amen to others. You know, when you go through something difficult, you are, you're a lot more passionate when you see somebody else go through it, right? Or when you're struggling uh, and you make it and, and you're able to help other people. You know, stories told about a man who was in prison in uh, solitary confinement. Nearing the point of absolute despair, he observed the ant in the corner of his cell, tempting to carry a kernel of grain up the wall. The kernel was larger than the ant. Sixty-nine times the ant tried to carry the kernel up the wall. Sixty-nine times fell back to the floor. On the 70th try, the ant pushed the grain over the top. That man's watching the ants, and he said, you know what? I can, I can survive now. I can keep going. I can keep living. When I get out, I'm going to do right. Uh, but it's sometimes when people watch you go through things, and you're not complaining, you're not, I'm throwing in the time, leaving the church, I'm leaving God. Uh, but when you just keep trying, I'm going to keep pushing, I'm going to keep believing. Listen, people watch this, and say, man, they can do it, I can do it. You know, 2 Corinthians 4, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but we don't give up or quit. Uh, we're hunted down, but never abandoned, or God never abandons us. We're knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep on going. You know, people watching Paul say, man, I can do it if he can do it. I'm sure in that time where they... Watch Paul go through what he went through. I mean, besides Jesus Christ, Paul I'm, went through it. But I'm sure the people said, man, if he can do it, he went through that, I can do it. Paul concludes in verse 9, uh, so everyone uh, can see uh, that the gracious power is from God, not from us. You know, when we persist in life, one man said, we, get, we, uh, we dig deeper, push harder, and reach higher uh, every other time you know it's sure as like lifting weights you know if you want to get be a more power lifter you have to put more weights on that but it's agonizing 
spiritually, man, uh, you got to agonize through some things sometimes to get a little further down the road. Give you another story here. In 1996, when the Olympic gold medal for the women's gymnast team depended upon the performance of 18-year-old Carrie Stung, uh, she landed short of her first jump, and she heard a pop. What? Remember, the world's watching. These are the Olympics. She hears this pop. It was her ankle. She felt excruciating pain. It felt wobbling like it can fall off. Her, uh, she limped back down the runway. Her coach was cheering her on, but she knew something was terribly wrong. Carrie also knew uh, everyone was depending on her, and she owed it to them to uh, uh, at least try. So she prayed, God, please uh, help me this one more time. She sprinted down the runway after a twisting blur landed on, her, on both feet and heard another snap. She lifted up her wobbly knee and balanced one foot and saluted before collapsing her knee, she looked at the score, 9.712, the American team had won the gold. They said, listen, if, or she's saying, listen, uh, I owe it to my teammates. I owe it to my coach. I'm giving it my best. I pray, God, help me. Give me strength this one run. Uh, God, let me do my best. I'm not sure she's a Christian, but it appears she was. Uh, uh, man, if we can have that attitude as a Christian. Man, because people are watching me, I'm going to keep my marriage right. Because people are watching me, I'm going to keep my mind right, my morals right. Uh, because people are watching me, I'm not going to curse. Uh, I'm not going to talk about people. I'm going to live right. I'm going to push hard as I can to make impact. Let's look lastly. The spiritual Olympians understand that the race before us is marked out by God. Look at our text. Let us run with perseverance the race that God has set before us or marked out for us. The word set before us refers to something that is already laid out. It's marked out already. When we get on the track to race, uh, we don't have to make our own lap. It's already been set. The course is there. Uh, we just have to run uh, the course that's set before us. This is the term here that God has already marked out a a. Uh, a course for us. We just have to run that course. One of the most challenging of the Olympics events is what's called the Stelpe uh, Chase, if I say it right. It is a race that takes runners around the 400-meter track seven and a half times. Each of the laps include a water jump and three additional hurdles is a test of speed, skill, strength, and endurance. When you run the still peak case, uh, uh, you must run the course that is set before you or laid out before you. said the runners cannot deviate off course or run around the water jump or, or, or an occasional hurdle. Runners ran, run the course that has been laid out before them in advance for the race or text that God has set before us. In other words, uh, if they're tired, they have to run this seven and a half times. Uh, I'm tired on the third lap. I don't want to jump the water. I don't want to go or jump the hurdles. Uh, amen. They have to stay on course. And the idea here is God has set before us a course to run. Uh, and we just can't say, well, I don't like this. Uh, I'm getting off the course. I'm getting off the trail. I'm going to do my own thing now. 
while we may prefer to do otherwise, a spiritual Olympian will stay on course because God has set it in place. Romans 8, 28, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his uh, purpose. Uh, Jeremiah 19, 11, I have plans for you, uh, and the plans are good and not evil to give you a hope in the future. Amen. What God has planned for your life is a good thing. We have to understand God sees everything. He's put a course before you. Run this course. It's going to turn out good. Uh, it's going to bless your life. How many know God is faithful and true to his word? You know, a girl by the name of Zoe, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Difficult. At, was 59 when she ran the New York City Marathon, November 5th, 2007. She did not do well. The first woman to cross the finish line did it in two hours and 23 minutes. Zoe uh, finished the marathon in 28 hours and 45 minutes. So uh, has MS. She entered her first marathon in 1998 and, and has competed in 20 times since. Uh, this year, 1988, uh, uh, she wore braces and walked with crutches the entire race. One reporter noted that when the best athletes ran past her, she kept walking. Hardcore runners went by her, she kept walking. When the last person in the race crossed the finish line, she kept walking. She kept walking and kept walking and kept walking until she finished or she crossed the finish line. You know, Listen, as a Christian, we just got to keep going. Yeah, some may be running past you, man. Hey, see you later uh, down the road, but we keep walking. Our text says, lay, every, uh, lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before. Every one of us has to come to grips uh, with those things that weigh us down, those sins that so easily beset us, uh, we have to deal with them, put them aside. I'm not allowing them uh, to slow me down or, or hinder my race. Uh, I'm going to run the best race I can run because, listen, in the world's eyes, you're a spiritual Olympian. As the world is watching Christianity uh, on your job as they're watching your neighborhood, uh, wherever you go, people know that you're a Christian. They're watching you 300 times a day. Again, uh, Europe was watching the Olympians. Uh, they may have been in Europe, but they had cameras around. Uh, didn't matter where the, uh, the Olympics were taking place, China, India, they had cameras there watching. And they're able to tell a story. What story is going to be told about you? And this is what our writers concerned about. Uh, as Olympians, spiritual Olympians, we need to have the mindset of a spiritual Olympian. I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to serve God, live for God, be a testimony, uh, be righteous, uh, have, a, have a godly marriage mind. Uh, I'm going to do my very best because what Jesus has done for me. Listen, Jesus gave it all, and he's asking us to do the same. We're not having to go to the cross. We're not having to bleed and shed blood. But he said, man, give it your all. When you get on that track, do everything you can to win the race. Let me close here. One, we're in a race. Whether we like it or not, we're God's Olympians. Uh, and Paul says a whole crowd of people are watching and rooting us on. I think about that sometimes. When I, 
you know, when I get down, man, this is tough. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure what all that entails. Can they see us? I don't know. Uh, but I believe, uh, listen, as Paul is saying, listen, even if uh, it's just the people that are alive, listen, we're all counting on each other. That we're going to run and do our best. Uh, I mean, think about a relay race when, I mean, you're in the relay race, man, you're counting on that one on the track to run as hard as they can uh, and the next one up, man, to, to catch up and run as hard as they can. It would be horrible if one said, eh, because then you, the whole team goes down with the loss. Listen, don't be the Christian just that. Eh, don't matter. Don't matter what people think. Don't matter what they say. It does matter. Secondly, we must endure, fight to the end, give it our best. Thirdly, be confident because God has set out the course for your run. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. As I'm putting this sermon together, I really feel God, Spirit of God speaking. We need to learn how to encourage each other to finish the race. Now, I'm not throwing rocks or, or saying anything bad this morning. But really, we need to work on that. Sometimes people just, hey, man, you can make it. You can live for God. Give it another shot. Run harder. That goes a long way sometimes. And if you're on the track, listen, if God, God has set a course out for your life, give it all you got. Give it everything you got to keep a good marriage, to keep a good mind. Keep yourself in spiritual shape. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm believing God. Be a testimony among the brethren here at church. Do the very best you can. And believe God on the course you're running. God needs help. You're here this morning. You're not a Christian. You haven't given your life to Jesus yet. Listen, don't miss out on the best life ever. Jesus died on the cross, carried our sin to that cross, paid the price, died, rose again, given us the guarantee. When we die as a Christian, we're going to rise again. Jesus has done all the heavy lifting. He's done all the hard work. He's given us dominion. Don't miss that. You're not a Christian this morning, but you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender your life to the Lord this morning. I'd love to pray with you. Nobody's looking around, but that's you. You want my prayer? Raise your hand very quickly. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to live for God. I want to believe God with my life. Raise your hand very quickly. God's dealing with you this morning. Listen, there's nothing better than being a Christian. Nothing better than living for God. On our worst day, it's, it's still our best day. Because we got Jesus to go to. God's there always. The church is here. Anyone at all, you want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe one time you did, you're backslidden this morning. You want to get it right very, very quickly. I need to move on. Anyone at all? Okay, let me talk to the Christians this morning because I preach to the believers this morning. And maybe you're weary this morning. That's the whole main thought behind this text. Uh, I guess there's weary runners here. You've been living for God for some time. And, and it just seems like, man, it's a... It's the same old saying. No, it's a track that God's laid out, we have to remember. And listen, 
we can go to God and get strength and encouragement. That's why prayer is so important to the believer. Pray. God can help you. God will encourage you. Here's Carrie. She said, God, give me strength one more time to run. Everybody's counting on me. Prayer is critical. Bible reading. There's so much encouragement there. We just read our Bible. But listen what Paul's talking to our text. As, as the church, we need to encourage each other. Listen, you can do it. You can run, man. Run harder. Run faster. I'll help you. Let's do this together. Pulling up beside somebody that's having a tough time, man, means a lot. But there's people here this morning, listen, you're weary. And God would say, listen, if you'll come to the altar and pray, God, give me strength. Help me. Or there's others this morning, there's things weighing you down. There's little sins that you haven't dealt with. If you deal with that this morning at the altar, listen, you'll come. You'll leave church revived. You'll have a new wind in your cell. The others this morning, maybe you just need to start looking at the other runners and seeing that, hey, maybe your words can really encourage people. You can just pull up beside them. Hey, listen, God's going to help you. God's going to get you through this. It matters what we say. Let's stand this morning. I want us all to stand. We'll open up these altars. You can come get a hold of God. Pray, ask God to help you, give you strength, give you wisdom, whatever you need this morning. Lay some weights down. Lay that sin down. God, help me to live a righteous Christian life.